you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck, yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. The weather is getting warmer and it's time to swap my winter layers for fun, vibrant, and cool clothing with so many fun things happening this spring like Mother's Day and the Wind Down Tour. It's hard to find great looking clothes that fit you just right. That's why I love JCPenney. JCPenney has so many stylish and comfortable options for so many different body types. I've been blown away by their selection and everything hugs my body in all the right spots. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with style that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What is up? Welcome to another edition of the NFL Fantasy Football Podcast. It's me, your man, MG Marcus Grant, alongside the Fantasy Hall of Famer, Michael Fabiano, and the Fantasy Viper, Grant Barfield. He's back. I'm back, y'all. Welcome back. What's up, man? Thanks, man. Uh, yeah, it's nice to be back. Yeah. I mean, not going to lie, it was nice to have a month off. Well, I was about to, I was about to say you got some quality time with uh, with baby Q. Got some quality time with the kid. Uh, I also, as I told you guys before we started, got some quality time with Disney Plus, and uh, I'm like I'm about I've binged about three and a half seasons of Clone Wars, which uh, I was saying the fabs it 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 makes me want to go back and watch the prequels again. 
Mm. It uh, it adds some depth to the prequels that wasn't there necessarily in the movies. So now I want to go back and like I even might be willing to sit through Attack of the Clones again. Yeah. The pre- what? That's I mean that's it's, uh, Clone Wars is good. The prequels were tough watches. But but yeah, I mean I think if you watch Clone Wars and I know nobody tuned in to hear me talk about Clone Wars, but whatever. Um, it does. It adds some things that like they couldn't either they couldn't or chose not to get to in the movies, and it. It adds some depth to all this talk about uh, like you know trade negotiations and like the the battle between the Republic and the Separatists. It it adds some depth to it. So uh, you know if you haven't watched Clone Wars, uh, I recommend it. The final season is now airing uh, week by week on Disney yep. Plus. So uh, yeah, it's a it's a good watch. So there you go. Yep. Uh, how have you guys been? Good. Yeah, we've good, been holding man. down the fort for you. I appreciate yeah, dude. that. Yeah, yeah, we've been having fun. Been uh, we we broke down a bunch of the combine guys over Saw the last that. couple of weeks. You know. Uh, Eddie, of course, always jumping in with us and uh, giving his dulcet tones and opinions. Yeah. Right, Eddie? Yeah, are, you, are you busy over there? What <laughs> no, are you doing? I had like a, a, I'm trying to catch a you. Look like you're scratching your foot or something. I had a rock like in I don't know what shoe. you're doing. <laughs> Taking off the shoe, trying to reach Yeah, so we, you know, you know, talked movies and, you know, other some weird awesome. stuff, too. Well, that's cool. So, yeah, we had, we had a good time. But, yeah, you were missed. It's good to have you back. It's nice to be back. Yeah. Good to be back. I, uh, I admit, I'm a little, I was a little bit nervous about coming back in here. Like, what? Oh, man. Why? Coronavirus? Yeah, no, not that. Well, uh, yeah, it's just it's been a month. Like, you know, you think you're going to be rusty or something? Maybe. You yeah. know, who knows? You know, you it's like riding out, a bike, man. Sit out a little bit. Uh, you just never know. So, uh, yeah, we will talk some of the combine. I mean, it won't be a deep conversation because look, most of the time your opinions have been formed before now, but. There were some guys who performed well, some guys who maybe weren't quite as good. So we'll talk a little bit about some of the risers, the fallers, uh, you know, some of the guys who had big standout performances as well. But uh, we will go behind the glass first and say hello to our faithful producer, Senior Edward L. Murphy Esquire. Murph, what's going on? Well, Marcus, I'm I'm thrilled you're back. Thanks. Uh, and uh, in the spirit of the combine, as the non-daddy duty of the last month, what's your what was your combine your your best? Like you know, not your forty or your bench. Right. As a dad, what's your uh, best drill you did? Was it the, you know, feeding the baby, changing the oh, diaper? Oh like- man, um, what is the thing that I'm best at? Yeah, I think I've I figured out how to uh, how to how to change the diaper like efficiently. Um, he has his new game is and you know anybody out there who is a parent will probably know this. Like he has this new game now where he'll take you take the diaper off and he'll try to squirt you. Uh, um, <laughs> he has not gotten me. He's gotten his mother several times. Uh, but I figured out how to prevent myself from getting. So you'd be rated very highly. All the I would GMs are like this guy is a pro I would. already. Yeah, he's you know he's he's prepar- he's yeah, preparation yeah. is good. Uh, uh, you get one of those rain ponchos if you go to a golf tournament. You just wear one of those, on. and you're good, um, man. Yeah. So yeah. So I guess that would be the the thing that I've I've gotten good at. So, although now like he's mobile, he's almost walking. So now I got to keep my head on a swivel, and uh, you know yeah. it's gonna it's gonna test my agility. Yeah. I'm sure that's yeah. a blessing and a curse. You know. Yes. Because uh, you always know where he's at. You know when he's before he's walking, but right. now. He's right. mobile, which is good, but at the same he's, time. He's mobile, which is good because he's heavy. Um, but like now I say, like, I got to keep my head on a swivel because yeah. he's all over the place. So, All right. There you go. Enough of me being back. Uh, let's do some news. Let's do the news. Well... The Tom Brady saga is in full swing right now. Um, This is sort of the football version of Where's Waldo, I think it's going to be. But the Patriots appear to possibly be making plans for what comes next when and if TB12 is gone. Reports are Andy Dalton could find his way to New England via a trade. 
Um, <laughs> I mean, your reaction sort of says everything. I mean, I don't really know. I what? mean, for Dalton, I guess it's a. I don't know. I really no, don't know what it, this means. It, it, it's it's going to be hard to sort of. Brady's got to stay with the Patriots. Right? He has to. Now, what, what are they going to go out and get that's better than the greatest quarterback of all time? I Andy mean, Dalton? I don't get it. Ryan Tannehill? <laughs> like, I, I, mean, I don't know, man. I, I James Winston, uh, Peter King is reporting that the Bucks are uh, likely to move wave. on from James Winston. Bruce Arians, I think he's just putting up a nice front. He doesn't want James. The guy turns the ball over too much. But Brady, if Brady goes anywhere, I feel like it would be like Raiders or Chargers. But the Patriots can't do better than Andy Dalton? I think there's some smoke to the Titans, too. I definitely think there's a little bit of smoke oh, to the Titans man. for Brady. Vrabel, the Vrabel connection is real interesting. Yeah, and then they had the whole thing with him and Edelman at uh, was a basketball game yeah. mm-hmm. where they had Vrabel on the, at the, at the Syracuse game. On yeah. the phone. I still, I'm still steadfast. I think the Patriots will get it, they'll get it done. I do, too. But I think there's some smoke to the Titans. I do believe that the Patriots will get it done. You know, look, and I think for, for, for Tom Brady, it's a chance to go out and test the water, see what's out there, see what kind of interest you draw. But what why is, wouldn't you? What it's worth, I was thinking about this last week. Do you think there's any, because, look, we all know that there's tampering before the free agency period goes on. What? Can you talk about that? <laughs> do, you think, do you think there's just, like, a little bit of holdback? Because it feels like Brady's the biggest cookie to crumble out of the quarterback market, right? Mm-hmm. Do you think the Patriots are just waiting on the new CBA to be officially signed and ratified, and that's why this process is kind of taking so long, or what? Interesting. I don't know. I think that's if, kind of my theory. I think there's also a power struggle between Bob Kraft sure. and Bill Belichick. You know that Belichick, I think, is willing to move on and see what else is out there and see if he can rebuild this team with a younger quarterback. Bob Kraft just he understands what Brady means to this franchise's legacy, and I think I think he just doesn't want to see him playing in another uniform. So you'd be a, you'd be a fan of them tanking for Trevor Lawrence next year? Tanking for Trevor? Uh, yeah, or, <laughs> by the way, are we going with tanking for Trevor or losing for Lawrence? Like what's uh, <laughs> losing what for is, Lawrence comes off the tongue better? I yeah, think. yeah, yeah. I think uh, you know I don't know what it's going to be, but uh, so. Anyway. I, I think it's just how much are the Patriots going to spend? I mean, what does he want? Sure. Thirty for uh, two years, so sixty total. Yeah, that's a lot of that's that's a lot, lot of dough. for a forty-two, forty-two-year-old quarterback. Forty-three-year-old dude, forty-three I mean, by the time this August starts. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah, that's a lot of money. Well, imagine just the, the whole fantasy ramifications if Brady ends up going someplace else, and you know what that's going to do to the value of a guy like Julian Edelman or Nikhil Harry or the backfield. I mean, it's going to be completely thrown into a state of flux. I mean, Andy Dalton. By the way, this also. Come on. I mean, if you're the Bengals, what are you going to get back in return for Andy Dalton? Because everybody knows you're taking Joe Burrow number one. Third right? or a fourth rounder. I mean, maybe? you're not going to get much in return, right? You're you're sort of leveraged. He is a quarterback, so I mean, it may that that'll help his his trade value a little bit. But third or fourth yeah. rounder, maybe they have no leverage. They have no leverage yeah. whatsoever. Everybody knows that they're moving on from Dalton, so it's like, why would I give you a whole bunch back? Exactly. When he's just going to be cut, you know, <laughs> if, if <laughs> right. he does it, you know, in the next couple of years. Speaking of the Bengals, too, it sounds like they're going to franchise AJ Green, which is good news for Burrow when he comes, uh, you know, to to the Queen City. Because good news. For Burrow, uh, I don't know how excited AJ Green's going to be. Well, about that. I mean, you know, good young quarterback comes True. in. I mean, you're not going to win a championship. Joe Burrow might but be that good. He I might mean, be that good. If I was AJ Green, listen, and if Brady's not in New England, that was where I would like to see AJ Green go with Brady to New England. Right. Um, but if Brady's gone, I guess staying in Cincinnati is as good as any other place. Probably. Um, other veteran quarterback news. Reportedly, there is interest from Indianapolis in Philip Rivers. Now, I will say that with the caveat, and this is according to Stephen Holder, who has been a Colts beat writer for a number of years, is that all these rumors you're hearing about the Colts having interest in veteran quarterbacks, whether it's Brady, whether it's Rivers, what have you, 
a lot of these stories seem, or at least aren't coming from the Colts. The Colts themselves haven't really said much. So it seems as though these are being floated by agents, maybe trying to position their clients with the Indianapolis Colts. But Philip Rivers in Indy, I mean, obviously they're not sold on Jacoby Brissett. I mean, Graham, if, if the wide receivers can stay healthy, and Philip Rivers can avoid throwing it to the wrong color right. jersey. Right. It's not a bad place, I don't no, think. No, I, I think Fabs and I talked about this a couple of weeks ago when we went through just kind of a quick glance at the free agency free agency group. And I think we both agree that Rivers to Indy is the best good spot, spot possible for mm-hmm. him. Really good offensive line there. We talked about it. Uh, the Chargers were 31st in pass protection uh, per pro football focus. The Colts were, uh, I believe, 11th. And he's got weapons there they could add to that uh, arsenal of weapons in the draft and, and via free agency. So, I mean, Rivers is not going to be a QB one in fantasy, but he's going to be potentially a late round QB two. And depending on where each of these guys end up, Tom Brady might not get drafted while Rivers would. Yeah. Which is <laughs> kind of wild. Right? I, I think if Rivers goes to Indy, like we have to be all in on T.Y. Hilton again, because T.Y. Yeah. Hilton, I mean, getting him a competent quarterback that can push the ball down the field. So, I mean, look, I know Philip Rivers is no longer in his prime, but Keenan Allen, Hunter Henry, all those guys, Mike Williams even were great for fantasy. Jack Doyle would also see his value go up because we all know Rivers had an affection for tight ends during his career in San Diego and LA. I would love to see one more or two more years out of T.Y. Hilton where he's just like a top six, top eight fantasy receiver. Yeah, Yeah. his value would go through the roof. a lot of fun. Yeah, if if Rivers goes to Indianapolis. Man, he just, uh, last year was just rough because he just got hurt to stay healthy. Got hurt. But But with the new is that uh, with Peter King reporting that you know the Bucks are potentially going to move on from James, they're not going to franchise him, right? So um, Rivers is going to be linked to the Bucks too. So there, there's going to be some suitors. I assume you guys talked about this 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 story about Jameis getting LASIK surgery. Yep, we did. Yeah, um, we did. The jokes write they, themselves. They do. I mean, the is, jokes write themselves. Is this going to be a narrative in the off season? Like, hey, Jameis got LASIK. You know, everything's going to be okay. Well, he got two other. He's had two other surgeries too. I think right, he had like meniscus, a knee, yeah, meniscus, right. surgery, meniscus surgery, yeah, something else. I think a shoulder. Um, maybe? So like, know. you know, he's going to be bionic next year, right? Like, why <laughs> wouldn't you draft this guy? I don't know. Um, there are rumors out there that the Lions might trade Matthew Stafford. Matt Patricia calls those comical. Uh, look, I, again, I don't know if you're the Lions. I don't know that you're in a situation right now that you can get better than Matthew Stafford. He's right? not going anywhere. I can't imagine he's going anywhere. And look, he's another one. Like, if he stays healthy, you put him with Kenny Galladay. Uh, you know, if Marvin Jones is back again next year, TJ Hawkinson gets better. I mean, that's fine. I have not understood the Stafford the Stafford thing this offseason either. I mean, if we've got all these moving pieces of quarterbacks. We've got three, potentially four good quarterbacks going in the first round of this uh, this coming draft. And for some reason, people think Matthew Stafford's moving on from the line. Gross. Matthew Stafford was awesome. Stafford was year. fifth in fantasy yeah. points per game on, on quarterbacks last season. He was fifth. There was only eight guys that averaged over 20. He was one of them. He was the only reason the Lions were somewhat competitive to start the year. Right. He left, and then the Lions fell apart. Well, and then they had you know David Blau at some point. <laughs> right. They had him quarterbacking and everything. Went, and somehow, still, Kenny Galladay still had a really good year yeah. despite that. He's that good. So he is that good. Uh, last bit of news, and this one's sort of interesting, because the Cowboys reportedly would place an exclusive franchise tag on Dak Prescott. This year, there are two different kinds of franchise tags. There's the exclusive, and then there's the transition tag. Look, if you want to figure out the difference between them, I suggest you go Google it and read it. It's way more complex than I want to get into right here. But the point is the Cowboys you know, may not be able to come to a long-term deal with Dak, but they obviously don't want him to leave. Mike McCarthy also would like to have Amari Cooper and Randall Cobb coming back. I read this morning from John Machota that if they had to pick one side versus the other, that it would probably be 
Dak over Amari, which I mean, gotta be Fabs. I mean, obviously you're the, you're the Cowboy fan. Here. That be. seems to make the most sense, right? Yeah, dude. I mean, it's franchise quarterback uh, versus a, a very good wide receiver, but quarterbacks are hard to come by. So the Cowboys are going to do everything they can uh, to keep Dak Prescott. And, um, you know, there's reports out there that uh, the Cowboys and Prescott's agent, Todd France, have had conversations this week um, uh, or last week. It's it's basically the uh, the first time the two sides communicated. Um, and then you've got the new collective bargaining agreement, which could potentially force the Cowboys to pick one or the other, like you said. And it's it's got to be Dak. I mean, I, I know, like, there was some, like, hogwash out there from Colin Cowherd that the Cowboys should go and sign that Tom Brady, which is, <laughs> which is just Look, Cowherd man, trying they're to already, get, They're get already spending to so much money in so many places. Yeah. They, they can't afford to bring Tom Brady. I, I know at some point, maybe it's already happening. The Cowboys are going to regret giving Zeke all that, all that dough, but they have to keep Dak. That's yeah. the biggest storyline from all of this is if you don't pay Zach, uh, Zeke all that money last year, like you're cruising into re-signing Dak, re-signing Cooper, bringing Byron Jones back too. Like Byron Jones, he's gone. Uh, he's gone. I mean, for sure. Mm-hmm. Especially yeah. if they bring Dak and Cooper back. Byron Jones has been one of the best corners in the NFL. I mean, Dallas did a fantastic job identifying him, developing him, and he's been a shutdown corner with their only good corner for the past couple of years. And now he's. It would walk. suck though, like as a Cowboys fan, if you lose Cooper because you know you gave up. He gave up a first rounder for him. He played really well in Big D, and then suddenly you're staring, you know, the reality of maybe not having him right in the face. Yeah, that, that that's gonna that that's gonna sting. Uh, yeah. As if you're a Cowboys fan, and honestly, like where where would he have more fantasy value, Cooper? I mean, you know, outside of like the well, let's send him the Green Bay or whatever like that. But I mean, you know. From a fantasy standpoint, the number one guy in Dallas. I mean, yeah. that's that's pretty good. I could see him being really fun in a place like Arizona. I, yeah, I, I, yeah, I know he, but he is he is the number one there. Sure. And, and the Cowboys have Gallup, and then after that, you know, Cobb. I'm I'm with role. I'm definitely with you that they would the not have traded traded all of that capital to get him. Yeah, to not resign him after you know basically a year and a half. Year and a half. So I mean, let's play worst case scenario though, right? And they don't bring Amari Cooper back. Is Michael Gallup ready to kind of step in and fill that role? I don't know. I mean, or do they? They have the seventeenth pick. They're in a in a draft Amazing full of wide receivers. Well, the, the Cowboys need DBs. I mean, I, I would hope that they were going to focus, uh, you know, on a safety uh, in, in the draft, which a lot of uh, mock drafts have them going after uh, that position. But this is a lot of good wide. A lot of wide receivers too, in this draft. If they don't bring but back I, Cooper, I know, maybe right. they target one. I don't know who's going to be out. You know be out there at that point you know is lamb going to be available at that point rugs although rugs i don't know that he's like a he, he's a true number C- one he's he's more of a cd lamb's going to he's going to go before 17 that's what i would think too yeah. that's what i would think too so <laughs> cd lamb jerry judy probably both be off the board by then i yeah. would think so yes so we'll see but it's going to be interesting uh what goes on with with amari cooper here uh first we got to figure out what's going on with the cba so yeah well true. that's the big thing that one may drag on i think a little longer though so that's that's going to make this really i think interesting over the next month or six weeks or so so there you go all right there you go that's pretty much everything you need to know was the news. All right. Well, the Combine, for our intents and purposes, are uh, in the rearview mirror. I believe they still, what, there are DBs that I think are uh, performing today. I think there's still some drills going on today. 
Um, it's a week-long event now. It is It is a week-long event. I know that uh, with it being kind of later and sort of in prime time that the, the numbers, the ratings numbers have been good. So uh, get ready for primetime combine for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what's going to happen. But, uh, yeah, so there's still, I think, some things, I believe, that may be going on today. We'll see. But anyway, for us, uh, us fantasy geeks, it is over. So a couple of guys that really jumped off the page performance-wise, and, and some of it was expected, but it was still kind of good to see. The first one. Jonathan Taylor, who I have been big on pretty much since, you know, the college football season, guy who had a couple 2,000-yard seasons at Wisconsin. And, look, I I know there's been a history of Wisconsin backs who do big things and and are maybe just okay in in the pros, although Melvin Gordon is is having a pretty good career. I mean, mean, you got Monte Ball. Oh, God. Monte Monte Ball. Ron uh, Ron Dane wasn't all that great in the NFL. (laughs) Yeah. Right, uh, but I, think I, I mean, you know, Jonathan Taylor's a freak. Jonathan though. Taylor looks—he's a freak. No, and, he, yeah. And look, the four-three forty, uh, a seven-second three-cone drill, four-two-four twenty-yard shuttle. I know that before this thing, there had sort of been you know, there had been some division about whether it was Jonathan Taylor or DeAndre Swift as your number one running back. Uh, has this changed any minds? Is is Jonathan Taylor has he taken over that spot? Or are we still kind of divided? Here? I, th- I think Taylor was the the RB one coming into this to, into the combine, and he exited as the clear cut number one running back. And if you have a one hundred and one in your d- rookie dynasty draft, you've got to be doing like jumping jacks because Jonathan Taylor is going to be a top twenty pick, top twenty five pick in the NFL and uh, in the NFL draft coming up in April and. Uh, as we know, when those guys go super early, when r- rookie running backs go very early, they're going to get the ball. Uh, Jonathan Taylor, real quick on his 40. So he ran the 10th fastest uh, 40 time once you adjust for weight mm-hmm. uh, at 439. Saquon Barkley was the fourth fastest. He ran a 440 at 233. John, John Taylor is uh, like 226. Uh, gen- like seriously, generationally fast. Um, almost ran for 2,000 yards in every single season. He came up just a little bit short in his sophomore year. I mean, right. The production, the combine numbers, um, the tape, like everything lines up with yeah, Taylor. I mean, he's, he's the clear RB1. Top six in the 20-yard shuttle, the three-cone, uh, the 40-yard dash, the 10-yard split. and th- There are some people out there that worry that he had a pretty massive workload right. at Wisconsin. but He never missed a game. I, and I get it. I get it. But from a fantasy perspective, really what this all comes down to is do the Miami draft the Dolphins draft Jonathan Taylor? Oh boy! Or do they draft DeAndre Swift? Because whoever gets drafted by the Dolphins, right, is going to end up being the number one overall rookie in dynasty leagues. Am I wrong? No, I don't think so. I so I was kind of sketching out just some some fits for some of the top prospects, and I I actually liked Swift to Miami, either Miami or Kansas City, um, and I like Jonathan Taylor to either. Arizona or Tampa, and like Arizona's depending. That's that's dependent on what happens with Kenyon Drake. If they don't come back with Kenyon Drake, yeah, is Arizona gonna like? Are they Arizona's gonna, not gonna use a first round pick on yeah. Taylor. No, if we're projecting him as a first round pick, they're gonna probably go. They, they're gonna. They could go wide receiver and just. Oh yeah. That offense would be sick. Oh man, what if they draft Henry Ruggs? That's what we talked about last <laughs> week. Well, you met Ruggs and Christian Kirk. What if they draft and, Henry Ruggs? Wow, Ruggs is the next guy on my list here. I mean, look the the four two seven forty. I mean, you know, there was talk he might break the record. He didn't quite do that, but came pretty darn close. Uh, and then on top of it, I don't know if you guys saw the ridiculous high school basketball highlight mixtape that came out from him over the weekend with him just like literally dunking over people. Not even dunking, just like yamming, <laughs> just like, just like over people. Like not, it was the mo- one of the most ridiculous things ever. And Ruggs is not tall. I mean, he is just total freak show, man. I I would love to see him. Nothing in wrong with not being tall. Or uh, <laughs> or Baltimore. What about Baltimore? Baltimore would be interesting because you know you put Marquise Brown and Henry Ruggs opposite each other. 
Yeah, I mean, I think what's Ooh. you know what's interesting because like usually you, know, you you get one speedster guy in the past. You have one guy who's kind of just a route runner who can kind of work underneath. But I think with the Chiefs winning the Super Bowl with essentially a track team, I wonder if more teams are going to kind of start to go to that model. Yeah. It's like let's just get as much speed as we possibly can, and we'll let everything else work itself out. So I wonder if, if the, Bron- the, the Broncos the Broncos could end up being in on him too. Right? Yes. I mean, you 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 pair him with Cortland Sutton. They've Absolutely. got some weapons there. There are uh, a Noah lot Fant. of teams. Yeah. Because I think and I also think that for oh, uh, for Denver, uh, I did it. Las Vegas. Yep, it, that's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. Um, I also think that for Denver, they may be sort of over the Deshaun Hamilton experiment. Yeah, they need a number two for Drew Lock. I think they're sort of out on that one. I mean, so. Fant Fant is he fizzled quickly after like the second half of his rookie year, where people were like, "Whoa, he's it, getting a lot of targets. He yeah. looks really good." And then. I mean, yeah. I, I was definitely in on Deshaun. I think I said at some point he would lead the team in targets last year. That was a huge mistake. Uh, <laughs> he definitely is was not very good this past season. But I will say, if Henry Ruggs makes a pass like Denver and Las Vegas, there's no chance the Eagles don't take him at 21 overall because they desperately need somebody to stretch the field for Carson Wentz. It's going like, to be weird to just hear people say Las Vegas for a while. I know. <laughs> I, look, I almost said San Diego a couple weeks ago on another podcast. That was I'm the first time I that. actually got Oakland. I said Oakland. So, like, almost. It's it's going gonna, it's gonna to take a while for that to sound semi-normal. So, um, A guy that sort of moved up a little bit, and Jordan Love, the, no pun intended, the love for him was sort of big coming into the combine, and then he went out and threw the ball very, very well. Now there's talk he might be the QB three that, you know, Burrow's number one Tua probably the number two quarterback that maybe Jordan Love has uh, either caught or passed Justin Herbert. I mean, are we are we buying this right now? I don't know about that, but we, we talked about this, right? Mm-hmm. There's always that one quarterback that after the combine people still, oh, 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 yeah. you know, like it was Josh Allen a few years ago. Right? Right. I remember he was he was in the mix to be the number one overall pick yeah. when Baker got picked by the Browns. So, you know, this could end up being that situation here, too. Um, last year, he. He had 17 picks, uh, so his decision making still is a uh, is a question mark. But we, I mean, Daniel Jeremiah said it. He's a raw prospect. He's a so so he's he's not going to come in and turn your franchise around. Mm-hmm. Let's just put it that way. Right. But we've seen teams. Oh, we I, I, sh- I should have the research guys do this. But we have seen time and time again over the course of the history of the National Football League's draft, how many teams take chances with high draft picks on quarterbacks who otherwise have failed. Right. I mean, Christian Ponder, Achilles Smith, like just off the top of my head, there's a ton of them. There's a ton of them. And so teams get enamored with players who do well at the combine, who look great on tape, who have big arms, <laughs> Jamarcus Russell. <laughs> and it doesn't necessarily mean they're going to turn into anything, but yeah, I mean, Jordan Love, I think, has solidified himself as at least a top three quarterback. Yeah. Uh, in the, I'm sorry, a top five quarterback in this draft. Uh, for me, I, I, I'm still waiting for the Jalen Hurts buzz to get really going. Yeah, he had a good combine. Yeah, I'm he had a good combine. I, I, like, I mean, he's, look, I thought his final year was better than the year before it because he struggled with accuracy earlier in his career. Sure did. But I think he, he's gotten better. Um, and so I think hopefully, for his sake, people are looking at last year's tape and not from a couple years ago. Um, it's just like, how many times are we going to discount running quarterbacks coming in the NFL? How many times are we going to do mean, foolish to do I don't know. One of them just was a unanimous that's, MVP, that's my right? Point. It's just how, many, <laughs> how many times are we going to underrate these guys that are prolific runners? 
And like, sure, Jalen Hurts definitely has his accuracy issues, mm-hmm. but like, I mean, so does Lamar Jackson. Bro, <laughs> bro, I won games with Tim freaking Tebow. You want to talk about accuracy yeah. issues? I mean, like, I, I, I was starting Terrell Pryor, uh, you know, a few years back when he was the quarterback of the Oakland Raiders. And I'd be correct. He was, he was actually Oakland. the Oakland Raiders quarterback. He, yeah, yeah I, I mean, you know. Hertz, uh, Hertz was second in the 40 yard dash among quarterbacks. Uh, you know, great broad jump. Listen, he's an athlete. He's a great athlete. Yeah. He's an athlete, man. And, and, and that's what the NFL is moving towards. What, what are the old, all, all the old quarterbacks that we're talking about, right? Rivers, Statue of Liberty, you know, Tom Brady. He's, he's got to get somebody that's not very mobile. These young quarterbacks, the young, inf- we had a number one overall pick last year, Kyler Murray who was ridiculously mobile. Mm-hmm. And that's great for fantasy perspective, from right. a fantasy perspective because we like these running quarterbacks and it's making the position even deeper. Uh no, absolutely. And so I, you know, and I think I think when you talk about some of these guys that are, you know, in the draft right now, I know for fantasy that's that's what we're looking for is guys who can move and I'm curious to see how long it takes that's, actual NFL scouts to kind of come to that. And that's that's something I missed on a couple years ago when Josh Allen came out cuz he had all these accuracy issues obviously big time on but Josh Allen was a fantastic runner yep. coming out. I mean he was looked at times like Cam Newton seriously some of his tape. I mean he was a man amongst boys. So I'm really trying as this as we get uh, further and deeper kind of into this change in the NFL to really kind of boost up some of these guys that can run the ball because it really is a, a tone setter and kind of a difference maker. And, and Jalen Hurts can certainly and, provide that. And I think that's a big part of the reason why who is going to be the big sleeper quarterback in fantasy in 2020? Right. Daniel Jones. Yeah. Daniel Jones, you know, Daniel Jones is going to be able to – he can beat you with his legs. Yeah, I guess because uh, I mean, Kyler Murray's no longer a sleeper. Right? No, he's oh. not. <laughs> <laughs> like an actual sleeper. I mean, Daniel Jones is going to end up being yeah. – people are going to draft him, not until the late rounds because that's what we do with quarterbacks, but he's going to be moved on up. And if he that. looks good in the offseason and if he looks good, in, he's going to keep moving on up, moving on up. Uh, one of only three quarterbacks to score over 28 fantasy points as a – Rookie, and I believe the other two were Cam Newton. I don't remember who the other one was, but uh, it, it may have been RG3. But mm-hmm. regardless, people love him not only because he's got big-time upside as a passer, but he can run with it, dude. Yeah. yeah. The ability to extend plays, I think. Is, yeah, you know, that's Eli, huge. Eli was just it's huge. A, at the, especially at the end of his career, Eli just could not move in the pocket. Right. Like Daniel Jones, even though maybe he's not going to scramble as much as Lamar Jackson, he can certainly move. Just mm-hmm. just cut back on the turnovers, man. Yeah. Just yeah. Cut back on the turnovers. Stop fumbling and we're, we're going <laughs> to hopefully, hopefully a year of experience as a starter in the NFL has, is going to help that a little bit, but we'll, we'll see. see. Maybe they put him, pair him with a, you know, another former giant, Tiki Barber, who had his own fumble issues early in his career. Ah, and, that's uh, right. You know, they worked that out. Tiki hey, Barber hey, went from just an absolute nothing in fantasy to like a stud. Thank, yeah. God, thank God Tom Coughlin's not the coach in New York anymore because uh, Daniel Jones would have been benched like 15 oh, times last year. It would have been. He would never see the light of day. <laughs> never would have seen the light of day. Uh, guys who maybe didn't perform quite as well as people would have thought at the Combine, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire uh, from LSU. Can we come up with a nickname for him? Because if I'm going to have to say Clyde Edwards-Hilaire every single time. I mean, he's... Do we, do we, if we're gonna be we, lazy. He could just be Ceh, but uh, we, I guess we yeah we got we got to come up. with I feel a like he had one, and if there's somebody out there who's a LSU fan or at least an SEC, I'll text fan, I'll text Geis and see. Um, he's got you got to have some kind of nickname. I feel like he had one uh, in Baton Rouge. So if there's somebody out there who knows, uh, feel free to hit us up on Twitter and uh, and let us know about that. Um, but his forty his forty time weight adjusted ranked in the thirty fifth percentile. Not great. Um, I mean, his look, his game film looks good, and I think a lot of people are kind of going back to that, but I just think that his testing yeah, left something to be desired. I, I didn't expect uh, uh, Edwards-Alaire to, to really See? be... See? It's hard to get it off yeah. the tongue. It, it's, it's just a long <laughs> game. 
Um, I didn't really expect him to run that fast of a 40, though. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just don't think that's the way he plays. He, he, he makes guys miss in short, small, confined spaces, and, mm-hmm. and I don't think Edwards Alera really had like, the deep speed. Mm-hmm. Um, and you don't have to have home run speed to be a quality NFL back. We've seen that. Uh, guys like Kareem Hunt came out with like four six speed, and they've been fantastic. Right. Um, I I mean, if he had ran like a four seven like Zach Moss did, then that'd be a little more scary. But for <laughs> me, I, I'm not really, I'm not really too low on uh, Edwards Alaire because his tape really is that good, and he caught 50, 60 balls last year. Yeah, and again, uh, the combine huge. the combine is is great TV if you're a football fan. Right. From a fantasy perspective, there are certain things that you can look at, and I wrote a column about that last week. Uh, and Gil Brandt, the Godfather, put out a, a list of sort of target totals for the drills to look at per position. Um, There are certainly things to look at, but it's only a piece of what's going to make a player a good fantasy player or not. And sometimes these guys come out and they have a bad day. So we all have bad days. So 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 I'm not worried about it. Devonta Freeman is 5'8", Devonta Freeman did not have a good comp. Clyde Edwards-Alaire is 5'7", I have They both ran 4'6". I I have have Edwards-Alaire pegged to go to Atlanta. I would love to see him in Atlanta. Because it looks like they're moving on from Devonta Freeman anyway. So why not just slide him in there? I think think it's a a great match. They're they're in terms of height and weight and speed. They are... Literally identical. Yeah, I like I said when I was like sort of mocking a dream spots for some of these guys. I, I had him like in Atlanta, that. and uh, and if I remember boxes. correctly, Freeman barely hit any of Brant's marks uh, when I did the research on that. Mm-hmm. And Freeman ended. I mean, he was the RB one one season. Yeah, yeah. So it doesn't necessarily mean. You know, if a guy has a bad combine, he's going to stink in the NFL. I mean, that's right. that's obvious. So then another guy, again, so then let's go to Jalen Rager, right? Uh, I think people were expecting him to have a huge, a, a fast 40 time. That didn't quite happen. It was just sort of, you know, meh. Uh, look, I say meh in relation to the other guys running there, right? I mean, I'm not running a 4 four forty, so um, <laughs> so let's just get that out of the way. Uh, but a guy who, again, on tape, you, know, you watch him on film. He looks okay. His forty times not great, but I think that was fifteenth. I think a lot of people will sort of kind of overlook that, right, for what he did at TCU. I think people expected Rager to run somewhere in the range where Henry Ruggs ran, and I found that just to be crazy watching some of Rager's tape. I mean, Rager's very good. Uh, he dealt with just maybe the worst quarterback situation you could deal with. Um, Pro Football Focus charted Rager with like thirty-two percent of his pa- uh, targets being accurate last year, which mm-hmm. is dead last among all college football uh, receivers coming in. But I mean, four, four, seven is still moving, man. No, like that's still really, that's what I'm saying. That's, that's why I said he was like, <laughs> man, in relation to everyone else there. And right. He, he, blew, <laughs> he blew up the, the jumping drills too. Like, yeah. He was third in the vert yeah. and he was second in the broad jump and uh ninth in the bench press. Yeah. Among wide receivers. So all right, there it is. Um, any any tight ends jump out at anybody? I mean, I know this this is not expected to be a huge tight end. Last year we had you know between we had Hawkinson and Fant and uh, who, I, re- uh, I really wanted Harrison Bryant to test well, but he had one of the worst combines you could have at FAU. Mm. I liked him a little bit. Mm. Uh, I got a Albert, name for you. Albert O ran really fast. Right? Yeah, but yeah. about that, there's been rumors that Chase Claypool end up could end up being drafted as a tight end. end. I don't and think he will anymore after that combine he just had. I don't know. I'm still I'm still seeing stuff about that that teams could be interested in him and use uh, utilizing him as a tight end. That I think you just if, throw if him he in. if he gets drafted as a tight end that just makes his fantasy value exponentially better. Yeah, because he's going to be put in the slot and used as like a big slot guy regardless of where he goes. I could see him kind of being like an Evan Ingram hybrid type. I could see yeah, that. Darren I mean, Waller to, kind he'd of. He'd right? have to bulk up though. I mean, Darren Waller and Ingram so are like I sort of heavier. worry about 
guys like that? Because, look, we already know that it, it takes a couple of years for tight ends generally yep. to, to make an impact. And I feel like guys who have to transition, then that, that makes their learning curve even – like, I, I keep thinking of Devin Funches, right, who at Michigan – he was sort of a tweener. I think they, yeah, he they, was. they flopped him back and forth between wide receiver and tight end. And, you know, he he seems to have just never really found a role. And so that that would be the only thing that worries me about Claypool moving to tight end is just that suddenly his learning curve becomes that much steeper. And maybe they don't use him to block quite as much. Um, I don't know. But well, I don't know. Let's get Eddie because Eddie is our, our resident Notre Dame fan here. So yeah. you probably know more about Claypool. Well, than what I was going to say about Claypool, he never got a chance to play tight end at Notre Dame because they had Cole Komet, who, right. had, uh, who actually had a pretty decent I – mean, he ran like a 4-7, and he's a big body. Um, Claypool was more of the guy, like the jump ball guy, or he would catch these like deep down the field balls, and he would just go – you know, he would moss other DBs because he was just way bigger, faster, stronger than these guys. But um, he his measurables are similar, and I believe some of his combine results were similar to Evan Ingram. So I think Evan Ingram is a good comp for that because you could put him in the slot and have him just be a mismatch with these tight ends who he's uh, with these linebackers that he's just clearly faster than. But I mean, I think him and Komet both will have a pretty good future in this uh, in the in the league because they had a, a really good uh, last season at Notre Dame. All right. Cool. Uh, good enough for me. I know. Like I said, we're, we're <laughs> We all want tight end to be deeper. Man, oh, this time we'll see. Look, we need to have Noah Fant, TJ Hawkinson, really. That's what we're, we're banking on because right. I'm really low on this tight end class. And I think this I think a lot of people are. I yep. think the combine kind of cemented it for me. Yeah. So we'll see if anybody comes out of here. Uh, is there anything else that jumped out at you guys, good, bad, otherwise, from, from the combine this week? I think that, you know, those are some of the big ones. I mean, yeah. this Ju- Justin Jefferson, I, boy. Oh, my God, man. I like him. 4-4. Four, four. I was not expecting that from <laughs> Justin Jefferson, man. I, I'm a fan. I, I don't know where he's going to – there was a there was a comp uh, on uh, next-gen Torrey Smith. And Torrey Smith actually had a pretty decent rookie season. He had a yeah. good career, but I think he could be better than Torrey. Yeah. I, Statistically. I, I think my biggest takeaway from the combine, and, and people have been talking about this ad nauseum on Twitter, but like this this receiver class is just ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, we've knows. just spent this whole podcast and we haven't met, brought like brought up like a guy McCann. like Michael Pittman. Right. Your guy from USC. Yeah, who I look, I, I do. I, I want great things for Michael like Pittman. Donovan yeah. Peoples Jones, too, who, who had a really sh- good combine. Had a great combine, jumped out of the building and uh, and really struggled. I mean, his quarterback play at Michigan last year was really brutal. I mean, this, this receiver group is just really deep. And for fantasy, like, there are going to be some some guys like I, you know, off the top of my head, like Buffalo is a team that really needs to pick up receiver and guys. Somebody mm-hmm. like John Brown, who we loved this past year, might see their opportunities start to fall. It's it's going to be th- this coming year is going to be a loaded crop for receivers in fantasy. I mean, it's mm-hmm. going to be very very deep this year. Yeah, that's going to be one to watch. So hey, we have uh, what about six weeks more than that uh, of talking about this before the draft. So, um, if you're not sick of draft season already, you will be by the time we get there. Although we, we, we are going to, the free agency is going to be so much fun. It's going to be so much fun. Free agency will be fun. I can't, I mean, I am so looking forward to I, what are we, a couple more weeks. Yeah. I think it's only going to be, I think we're all so excited about it just because we actually have like a quarterback carousel. Like That's most, true. most years it's like really good defensive players, like a couple good receivers, maybe a few good running backs like Mark Ingram last year. But outside of that, we very rarely have quarterbacks that can move. That like now we have like six or seven that could move. Although what's interesting about that is that like they're big names, but I think when we talk about fantasy, they're guys that you know are going to get drafted low or maybe even not at all. Right. So but I don't they, know. They'll affect well, players like T.Y. Hill. Very true. There's, right. Out, exactly. Yeah. There's going to there, be a domino effect. No question about that. So and it's also going to be interesting to see <laughs> what happens with Amari Cooper. There's there's. There's some big names out there, man. I mean, I don't yeah. want Coop to leave Dallas, but there's some big names out there that could be uh, on the move here in the very 
near future. And you all know that the NFL nowadays is certainly not adverse to trades. So right? we, we could see some trades. That's been that, a fun that, that could be fun. There, remember that it, before it was. I think it was like the the Clinton Portis Champ Bailey trade, and that sort of opened that was the like floodgates the for one. everything. Yeah, I mean, like the NFL trading deadline used to be the worst of all the major sports. Um, you know, it'd just be crickets. Yeah, like nothing happens. I was like, whatever. Now, now there's like you know, there's a chance that, that things could happen. There, yeah, you know? dude, look at. I mean, Kenyon Drake going to going to Arizona. That was a huge from a fantasy perspective. Yeah. And that's there's just there's so much right now that's up in the air that hopefully we're going to have answers for here in the next month or two. And Arizona's backfield is certainly one of them. What are they going to do? Right. They yeah. can't release David Johnson. Maybe they trade him. Tampa yeah, Bay. I mean, it's going to be a lot. It's going to be so much fun. What, do you, what would you get for David Johnson right now? I don't know. A few years ago, you would have a big ass contract. <laughs> yeah, that's about it. So. All right. All right. This is, the, this is just the beginning. We have seven and a half weeks until the draft, so we have plenty of time to talk about this. And as Fab's mentioned, free agency is going to throw some, some wrenches in things, too. So we got plenty of stuff to talk about over the next couple of months. So there you go. All right, that's it. We are done. We appreciate you downloading and listening. You know the drill. Tell two friends to tell two friends. Rate, review, and remember, people who say they give 110% don't know how percentages works. We'll see you next week. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah! And some waves, so we could go surfing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love that! A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in! Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it! Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. The weather is getting warmer and it's time to swap my winter layers for fun, vibrant, and cool clothing with so many fun things happening this spring like Mother's Day and the Wind Down Tour. It's hard to find great looking clothes that fit you just right. That's why I love JCPenney. JCPenney has so many stylish and comfortable options for so many different body types. I've been blown away by their selection and everything hugs my body in all the right spots. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with style that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments 
moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.